Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get an all-access experience with player interviews, exclusive practice information, and post-game analysts with the source you can't find anywhere else. This is South Philly Sauce. Hosted by Flyers Game Day host Ashlyn Sullivan and Philly sports radio legend Al Morganti. All right, welcome to another edition of South Philly Sauce, an Odyssey original brought to you by 94WIP and Jack Daniels. I'm Al Morganti, you know me. And I'm joined by a legend in the industry, Eric Duhatchik. I've known Eric forever from the days in Calgary, West Coast guy, member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, the Elmer Ferguson Award. And uh, Eric, you and I go back a long way, a lot of radio shows together in, up, in the, up in the other side of the 49th. So welcome to this side of the 49th. My pleasure, Alan. I'm glad I can finally return the favor because uh, I know that uh, all of my friends in Toronto growing up, the years that we were on radio in Toronto together, they loved it. You know, I still get people wondering why we don't do work together. So I'm going to send them the link to this once it's posted and they can hear us gab back and forth like the old days. Yeah. And, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that's gone on. We've covered the league a long time and I've been here in Philadelphia and you know, I'm watching the Flyers rebirth and I'm wondering how it's playing throughout Canada, uh, out West especially, and how important this franchise is to the league because they've sort of been absent for a while here. And it's really exciting in Philly to kind of see the team relevant again. What's it, what's it been like watching the Flyers from afar, if you will? Well, one of the things I will tell you is that the respect for Daniel Briere is off the charts. And I, I think it's because, you know, he's such a, a soft-spoken guy. And, and all of us that dealt with him as a player were, I, I think, impressed by his intellect. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you become a general manager for the first time, it, there's a tendency to be really conservative and, and to, to make sure that you have to win every trade. Um, most general managers take a long time to 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 get their footing and and Daniel Briere has been the opposite I mean he you know he arrived on the scene and, and he, he he went out with guns a blazing and and he's done wonderful work and I think that an awful lot of teams especially you know teams in Canada where it just seems like there's this 
gridlock when it comes to player movement. Everybody's capped out. No one can do anything. There's a level of frustration in the various fan bases in, in Canada because teams don't seem to be doing enough. And then you look to Philadelphia and you see a manager that it not it, he's not making it look easy because it isn't easy, but but he's getting work done. And 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 lots of teams can't do it. So I think that the level of respect for Daniel Briere is, as I say, off the charts. I think uh, people really think that he's going to be the next great general manager. And then in, in terms of John Tortorella, well, you know, he's someone else that I've dealt with lots over the years and have always thought he was underrated as a coach. Everyone was is always distracted by John's press conferences and 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 the way he just fires from the, from the hip. But but deep down, he's a really effective hockey coach and you just have to look at at what's happened in columbus since he's he's left you know that you know that the the franchise has just gone in the opposite direction when john was there there was a level of stability that uh, that hasn't been seen before or since so so i think it you know and, and the grand scheme of things you know with people from canada look to the us and think about the key franchises they think original six and they think philadelphia i think those are the ones that that resonate the most uh, with people up here and the fact that the Flyers are a team that look as if they're going to make the playoffs when a lot of people thought that they might be, you know, fighting for last place in, in, in the division. It's a remarkable story. And the the trick will be after all of the, the good feeling of this year to, to make it happen again next year. Yeah, I just came from the rink. Uh, they're heading to Chicago and, you know, we waited, you know, watch practice and then Torts comes out, goes, hurry up, hurry up. We have to make a plane. There was one question. He goes, okay, we're done. Bye. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like and you know what? For a lot of people, they'd be, but I, I think he's reached that stage now where it's like, hey, we got Tortorella. Well, what, what are you going to do about it? So I, I do think that he's sort of earned, um, he's earned that some kind of weird spot uh, with even yeah. media. who's like, you you know what it'd be like usually. It's like, what that? What, are you, what is this? This is ridiculous. But it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We're we're along for the plan. So he kind of. I've I've seen other coaches do that later in their career, but never to this extent. This is remarkable to me. Yeah, well, and, and what I'll I'll tell you a, a John Tortorella story. A, a couple of years ago, I was in in Calgary, and he was through, and I was working on a story on 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 the development of NHL coaching and 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 how it has evolved from the fifties and sixties, and you know, speaking to people like Scotty Bowman and. and uh, and he seemed intrigued by the, the line of questioning, but he said, you know, I, I don't want to do it here in a scrum. Gave me his cell phone, call me at the hotel in the afternoon, and I'll have time to talk about it. And we spoke for a half an hour, 40 minutes. Um, he talked about his background as a teacher and 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 how, you know, and how ultimately that's how he saw himself as someone who was teaching players. Um, but he was intrigued by the, the topic and he had all the time in the world on a game day to, to speak about it. So uh, you know, I was really impressed um, at the fact that he was able—he he did that. And and secondly, you know, he he really rounded out the piece with uh, with his comments. He's a smart, thoughtful guy, and that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah, because a lot of other stuff that goes on. Well, he's also become, in a weird way, right here in Philadelphia. You mentioned Briere. We got Keith Jones, uh, who's the club president. Amazingly, to me, like I come out of. <laughs> We're sitting beside him at your induction at the Hall of Fame. We spent hours talking back and forth, and then Dave Pula was sitting on the other side of me, That's and now right. he's the number two in Ottawa. All we have to do is get Brian Engblom a job, and we, you've hit the home run. <laughs> 
I was like, I, I guess I hung with the right people. I guess I, <laughs> I, I got tight with the right people. And, and you know, Breer and, and you know, you see what the, they made a terrific trade with L.A. Their cap management is remarkable. Uh, you mentioned the smart front office, but. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. We now head in toward a trade deadline. And John Tortorella, as much as any coach, has been really open about we have some tough choices. You know, usually when it's like they circle the wagons in the locker room, but Torts has been right out there. We have to make some tough decisions with players. But I'm thinking, wow, I've never seen this. Like these basically, we have guys for sale in here. Despite the fact that we're going for the playoffs, he's acknowledging the tough decisions. And where do you think? They're going to land on this because they've got some very, very viable candidates. Walker, obviously, Sealer. You can go down the line and go, man, there's some guys that really be a lot attractive to other teams. Do you think that they're actually going to sell even if they've got a playoff spot on the line? I do, but I but I think a lot of times it's going to come down to price points. So this is one of the more complicated trade deadlines that that I've seen, and I've covered forty five of them, or however long it's been. And uh, but but it's because every year at the trade deadline, it you it evolves into either a seller's market or or a buyer's market. And the biggest problem is the the mistakes of the past handful of years. I, I'm, maybe mistakes is the wrong word, but. But so many teams in the past couple of years pushed in chips, trade chips, and, and it didn't pay off in the Stanley Cup championship. So especially if you look at, at the Eastern Conference, you know, Toronto needs one defenseman for sure, probably two. Previous regime traded away every second round pick until the next century. So the type of trade chip that you would use if you're Toronto normally at the trade deadline, you don't have in your draft choice inventory. Tampa is the same. They gave up five picks for Tanner Janot. And, and so they, they simply don't have very much in, in the cupboard. So if you're Philadelphia, you think that based on what's happened in the past, the value for Sean Walker should be a first round pick. 
you know, a lot of the, t- of the teams that would be interested in someone like him don't have a first round pick to trade. So then it becomes, you know, is it worth it to you, Philadelphia, to retain him as your own rental if you can't get your asking price or as you get closer to the to the deadline, does it become like like a shopping sale on, on, on Black Friday? The price is a first round today, but tomorrow it might be a second round pick. So I think that that's what's going to happen. And I think that there will be a very busy flurry flurry of deals right at the end with teams having to evaluate we didn't get what we wanted will we take a lesser deal or will we simply um, say no we're, we're going to retain our, our players and i think that that's going to happen in half a dozen cities and and I, I think one of the reasons that you haven't seen a lot of action there was that brief flurry calgary was involved in in a, in a trade and, and montreal was involved in a trade and then it, it, it got silent again it's because some general managers that I talk to are waiting to see if, if teams that were in it are out of it. Like, and I'll give you an example of the Arizona Coyotes. So three weeks ago, the Coyotes were right there in the mix of teams that had a shot at making the playoffs. And it ma- would have mattered to that organization to make the playoffs because it's just been a, you know, a terrible, terrible time of it. Uh, on the ice and 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 they had a chance they, they had a really good team going now they've gone into a nosedive and suddenly the evaluation of a month ago is different than the evaluation today today the evaluation is that we have matt dumba and we have jason zucker who we signed last year and our rentals and we probably are listening on them so so suddenly dumba enters a, a the trade conversation along with the, the two philadelphia defensemen you talked about calgary's listening on tanif they're listening on hannafin so when you get more players in in the mix it gets harder and more complicated to, to sort out so I, I think all of those guys are going to move at some point but it's just a matter of whether the teams get what they think they can for them because in the past i mean first round picks for david savard first round picks for for ben Sherratt, you should, you know, if, if you base it on historical precedent, you should be able to get that again. I don't think you're going to be able to this time around. Well, the Flyers are interested, obviously, in what the Devils are going to do. And the Devils, obviously, the goaltender out where you've been, Calgary, Markstrom is like the candidate. And I'm, you know, they really have a chance if they get a goaltender to, in the first place, take the Flyers out of a playoff spot, but then maybe mm-hmm. make some noise in the playoffs. But I'm curious why it hasn't happened yet. It seems so logical. Uh, is Calgary just trying to hold up the whole bank for him? Yeah, no, I think it has a, a lot to do with with salary retention. So, so Calgary, so the, the the attraction of Markstrom is not only is he probably playing as well as any goaltender in the league right now, top five anyway, in terms of current um, uh, performance. Um, he's got a couple of years left at six million. That's a lot, but but for for a goaltender of his level, it's it's not an unreasonable sum of money. The problem in Calgary is that you know they are prepared to to retain money on their rentals. So if you're at, if you're shopping for Chris Tanev, if you sweeten the pot, Calgary will retain fifty percent. If you're shopping for Hannafin, they'll retain fifty percent. They don't want to retain money down the road on Markstrom because they have so much money committed already to Jonathan Huberto, 10 and a half million, Nazem Kadri, 7 million, that they, it's, it's difficult for them to take money back in the future years of, of a contract. So the situation as it relates to Markstrom's contract is different than it would be to the various rentals that they, that they are offering. So I think that they might be prepared to retain a little bit on Markstrom, but as I understand it, 
the deal broke down on 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 how much New Jersey wanted Calgary to retain on on Markstrom, and and, and it didn't get much further than that because I think Calgary said, okay, we're we're prepared to go to this point and 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 no further. And my understanding is that you know we do have you know a little bit of time before the trade deadline, so now it's a matter of you know does New Jersey want to reflect on on the impact that he might have on their team and and change their position. I mean, every trade is a negotiation and negotiation involves multiple moving parts. And so I think that depending again on, you know, like would like I don't I don't think they would trade a, a Simone Nemich, but I think for someone like that, Calgary would retain whatever they had to to get a player of that caliber. If you're talking about a Dawson Mercer or a Holtz, at, at that point, yeah, those are also interesting players from Calgary's perspective, but but then, you know, then they're not going to take as much money back. So there's a push-pull in all of these negotiations, which is why it's different than you and I trying to make a trade in fantasy <laughs> hockey and why sometimes these things die and then are revisited. And so I, I'm, I'm convinced that at some point it will be revisited, but whether it will be successfully concluded, I couldn't predict. Bob, I think it'll it'll get there. I'm pretty sure with knowing, oh, yeah? knowing okay. what Jer- Jersey's got to get through the, the well, well, I mean, the disappointment if they don't get there this year is going to be it's really going to set them back for what their fans thought was going to happen. In the meantime, out west, another guy that from Philly, Rick Tockett. It's amazing the tough guys that I covered to turn into really good coaches. Craig Berube, I just talked to the last couple of days, and now Tockett, whose team had a bizarre loss last night in Minnesota, <laughs> just crazy. But when I look at Vancouver and I look at Tockett, I talk to Tockett sometimes and despite their record, he's got misgivings about sometimes the way they play. And I guess it showed up with the Minnesota yeah. game, but wh- wh- how did Vancouver become so good this year? Well, despite some of the analytics numbers, uh, when, when you look at it and, you know, some of the, you wonder how much their star player, Elias Pettersson, is, is even kind of in tune with what's going on. Is is that a mirage there? But the longer I get in the season, the more it looks like they could be a real playoff threat. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the biggest differences between Vancouver at the start of this season and Vancouver last year early, uh, when Bruce Boudreau was still coaching there, is, is goaltending. And Thatcher Demko, again, we're talking about a guy that I believe this year has been in the top three goaltenders in in the National Hockey League, and he's been healthy. And I remember when I remember watching Jimmy Rutherford's first press conference when he got to to Vancouver, and he made a point of saying the one thing about rebuilding this organization and this franchise is we have the goaltending solved. And Demko is it was in his mind a, a guy that was going to be a difference maker going forward, and he was signed for a reasonable. Uh, money and 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 he was at, at, at an age where he was going to play for for a long time and then injuries came along and and you know he just wasn't you know he missed a lot of time last year and, and they never found a, a proper replacement for him and then eventually came back at the end of the season but of course by then they'd made the coaching change and Rick Tockett was there and I think that what you see happening with Vancouver now started already at the point where Tockett's voice came in and he was the right voice for that team and Demko came back to full health and and really found his game again in the final six weeks. So they were in garbage time. No one was paying very much attention to them at all. Um, a lot of times we don't want to read too much into garbage time because, because lots of times players can play at a certain level when there's no pressure and then suddenly the pressure's on at the start of a season and, and suddenly they're not the same. But 
I think the biggest single difference there is that they have had outstanding goaltending. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you look to see who played goal in that 10-7 game, and it wasn't Thatcher Demko, right? It was Casey DeSmith. So that makes a big difference. I mean, once in a while, he needs to get an, a, a game off, and, and he did yesterday. And and so I, I think that that's, that, that's a, a big reason why they're a lot better. Now, having said that, um, you know, Quinn Hughes is, is a terrific defenseman. You know, I think he's probably had the best year of all those young defensemen coming up even better than Kale McCarr, which is saying something. Um, you know, he's managed to, you know, to find a way of getting the most out of JT Miller. Brock Besser is another guy who's had lots of injuries and lots going on in his life. And this year, he just seems to be playing with a clear head. And for a while, he was among the top five goal scorers in the league. So, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, you always imagine worst case scenarios for teams, but sometimes you get a best case scenario. Philly is a great example of a team where pretty much every best case scenario is unfolding. And, and that's what's happened in, in Vancouver. But I mean, I love Taka as a coach. Uh, you know, we've, again, we all go back with Rick for, you know, to his playing days. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's, he's, he's a player's coach because, you know, the way he played, you garner so much respect in, in the dressing room. The tough guys love him because he was a tough guy. The skilled guys loved him because he was a skilled guy. It, it's very rare that you get a coach that checks all of those boxes. I think Gerard Gallant was a little bit like that. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I remember somebody telling me that, um, I think it was Willie Mitchell about, you know, what made Gerard Gallant so good. Well, you know, he, he was a good player at the National Hockey League level, but he also played with an edge. And so players in the dressing room could relate to the way Gallant was as a player. And I think they can relate to, to, to what Tockett was as a player and, and the example that Tockett's playing career set. I mean, you know, he's not a guy that's, you know, that never played in the league and says, go out and do this. He's a guy that played in the league and said, go out and do this. And, and I did it. So if I can do it, you can do it, or you should do it. So his message has really resonated with that group. So those two things, Rick Tockett's coaching. And by the way, I think he is the coach of the year and the goaltending of Thatcher Demko. That's what's, turn Vancouver around in a, in a meaningful way. So you have Taka one and Tortorella two. <laughs> yeah. The, the, they're the two best yeah. coaches this year. And, <laughs> and, and, and having said that, you know, that we don't vote for the, like those right. of us in the professional hockey writers association, we vote for five of the, the major awards. The coach of the year is, is not one that we vote for. And, and I have always taken issue sometimes with the way the broadcasters have voted because they often give the award to the coach that has overseen the biggest single season jump in production and therefore a lot of very good coaches on very good teams get overlooked year after year after year like how many times should john cooper have won it yeah. and, and hasn't uh, but but i do think in this particular case that that you just can't overlook the impact that uh, that rick tockett has had on that on that team and yeah. you know he's just flat out made a made a huge difference there and the flyers have managed to make the elite players really elite the <laughs> When they, when they lose, it's a hat trick by a McKinnon or Panarin, or it just it goes on and on. It was lost in Matthews most recently, and Matthews, I mean, hat trick after hat trick after hat trick, and everybody's looking at Ovechkin with the Gretzky record. Is it out of line to think that this guy, before it's done, I'm sure he's going to be the all time leader with Leafs, has has a chance to be the all time leading goal scorer in the history of the league? That the pace he's going at. Well, you know, I, I think ultimately it comes down to longevity, and um, and 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 I just don't really know how long Austin Matthews wants to play. So he would have to produce at this level year after year after year after year to get even in the conversation. So, is it possible? Maybe 
maybe. But I, I just think that that's uh, – I'm first of all, I think Ovechkin is going to play long enough to get Gretzky's record. Yeah. You know, I think he'll play until he's 50 if he has to, to get that record. And – and I and I'm not sure that that Austin Matthews, who by the way has you know like he is, you know a rink rat, and he's a guy that that cares more about the game. You, you see him, and you know he has kind of a, you know a, 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 sometimes a kind of a goofy public personality. But but he's a committed hockey player. He is a committed hockey player. Um, you know I've spoken to Bradtree Living, the manager there in Toronto, the new manager in Toronto who used to run Calgary, and uh, and he he just raves about how committed this guy is to being a better professional night after night after night. And you can see it. I mean, how, how do people like Austin Matthews excel or Connor McDavid? Because not only do they have the talent, but they work at it. You, you have to have both of those, those things. So, so he does love the game. He wants to play the game. But, but is he the type of guy who, at, once he gets to the age of 35 and starts to see some slippage, does he want to continue on? And, and that, that's a part of the equation that you, you can't answer. Like Joe Thornton wanted to play until until again until he was 50 auger chelios these guys yeah. they, they 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 couldn't even imagine a life without the game and you had to take them away from the game you know pulling and screaming and there are others that you know that at a, at a point in their careers where they're not at that level of achievement that it's it, it, they realize it's time and so i think that that's what will ultimately determine with matthews one he has to keep up a phenomenal pace. Two, he has to stay healthy. That's another thing that Ovechkin's been able to do. And then three, he has to find the motivation probably between the ages of 35 and 40 to, to press on. And it's just yeah. impossible to, to predict whether that will yes. ever happen or not. Especially with $3 billion in the bank. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go there. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And finally, want to wrap up with the, uh, we had the outdoor, uh, the uh, stadium series game. Now, I, I was, I was a little reticent about all these outdoor games. Like, is it going to work? Man, did it ever work in New York? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it really did. And. And I'm wondering, I mean, I'm, I'm actually thinking, why can't, <laughs> it sounds dumb, but why not have a tournament like an outdoor thing into the regular season schedule? I mean, it was very, very exciting. I know it's weather dependent and all, but I'll tell you, the, the amount 
I believe that they almost got locally, I'm not talking about the entire nation, but locally as much attention to hockey as an Olympic tournament. Mm -hmm. the, every, every major media outlet was on this and all the players from other sports were involved in it. But I'm at the point now where I almost consider a yearly game in the New York area because it gets as much attention locally, not talking like overall, as an Olympic tournament. Do you think there's any there'll be any appetite for that in the league? Well, I think the the word you use there that is most appropriate is local. So uh, every time there's an outdoor game in your market, it it resonates. Um, you know, I, I know in in uh, Edmonton. They had the, the the game before Christmas. It was a smash. It was the 20th anniversary of the first outdoor game. And I I, I wondered. I I was I had I was in Canada, but I'd come down to the states um, prior to that, and 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 no one down here seemed to care. But everyone in Edmonton did, and and everyone in 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 Calgary cares when they have an outdoor game. I was at the outdoor game at Dodger Stadium just before the Olympics in in, in Sochi, and it was a fantastic event. So I think that that what the National Hockey League has learned is that while the, there isn't a lot of national interest anymore in, in these outdoor games, locally, they resonate with the fan base, with the city. It's like bringing the, the Shriners to town. It's like a like a, a, a convention. And as you say, a lot of people that maybe don't care about hockey care about it because it's an event. So yeah, I, I, but, I, but I don't see anything really changing. I think that they, they're content with the... With the the path that they're on with with outdoor games, they don't want to have too many. I think I think one of the things that that they did well there was they, you know, it, it takes a lot of time and effort to produce the ice for an outdoor game. So if you're going to go to the time and trouble playing them back to back as they did, made a lot of sense. Now, could you play four instead of two? And would would people care about the third game? Maybe not. Um, so, but but they they're on the right track and and they're. I don't I don't see anything changing there, but uh, but they're fun in your community. And, you know, and if if you know, if, if it's somewhere else, then you can tune it out. I, I wonder how many people in, in the New York area are going to care about the Columbus game. Right. Probably not. Not that many. I want to thank Eric Jahatchik for joining us today. Thanks for tuning in to South Philly Sox and Odyssey Original brought to you by 94 WIP and Jack Daniels. Ashlyn Sullivan will return. We'll be back with another episode on Friday.